latest episode of Train Like a Trooper. I'm Sarah Stewart, and I'm here with my co-host, Trooper Eric Foster. And today we are talking to Lieutenant Preston Lay, who is with our Troop S, and Troop S stands for Size and Weights. And Lieutenant Lay, kind of for the person out there who does not understand what size and weights means or what, you know, kind of what that stands for, what does Troop S do? Okay, so Troop S is the Commercial Vehicle Enforcement Division of the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. So it is dedicated to commercial motor vehicle safety. So we have 39 troopers in Troop S and five supervisors, and they're distributed out across the state and geographical regions. Um, so the troopers on a day-to-day basis, they do everything that a normal trooper does, but plus they have additional duties that they stop and inspect trucks. They in- check the weights of trucks, and if they're transporting oversized loads, they make sure they're properly permitted. Um, so it's all about commercial motor vehicle safety, which contributes to just overall motor vehicle safety. And we just had a recent event. We, we actually did a Facebook Live with you out there, and it was kind of a, a national event where you guys were doing an emphasis on just pulling over commercial vehicles and inspecting them and making sure they were safe. And that, we had several locations around the state where you guys were doing that, correct? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, and that was like a national effort. So it was right. going on all over North America. Right? All over North America, including Canada, Mexico. And that's something that happens every year. So we always participate in that. So it's a three-day event, and we bring everybody in and you know, to these specific locations, and we stop a lot of trucks. So we, we extend the shifts to 10-hour shifts on those days, and so that way we're getting a lot of trucks pulled over and checked. So we were getting several questions, you know, from people during the Facebook Live that, that they thought this is what the weight, like you'll see a weigh station sometimes when you're driving down the highway and they're like, well, I thought this, I thought this is where that happened or, the, or they, that it happens just at the ports of entry. So kind of explain that to people. Okay, so we, we do have ports of entry in Oklahoma. We have four um, and they do have weight scales there and they also have DOT readers and all of that, that technology and and DPS does have inspectors there, but but by and large the majority of commercial motor vehicle safety inspections are done throughout the interior of the state. Um, so we, we want it that way because that's where the crashes occur is all over Oklahoma, not always just right at the borders of Oklahoma. So the border situation, although it is directly involved in safety, but it's more of a check before they get into Oklahoma. So so we have troopers distributed across the state and just on a day-to-day basis during evening and day and night shifts, they check trucks um, just randomly. Um, and we also do st- emphasis in areas where there's lots of crashes. Mm-hmm. And that was the one in Tulsa last week. Talk, talk to us Correct. about that area. You said you have been seeing right. lots of crashes there. Yes. Yeah, so so actually Oklahoma is in the top 10 worst states or most CMB crashes. Um, so and then Tulsa is at the top of the list in Oklahoma. So and it just so happens that we're really understaffed in Troop S in the Tulsa area. We really recently had a retirement there. So so it was an ideal area this year to have it as one of our road check locations just because there's a need there. There's lots of crashes. And and one of the questions that came up was is that that it's more the car's fault than it is the truck. And hey, hey, we understand that. So so as a result of that, you know, we, we do have specific special project shifts that we're focusing on cars around trucks. So and and the troopers are required to have so many of those stops and it, it's a car that must be violating a law in pr- close proximity to a truck. So the trucking industry never knows that's happening. You know, they see us get the car, um, but they often think when we get them that we just pick on trucks, which is absolutely not true. There, there are multiple occasions throughout the year we're doing special project shifts, focusing on regular vehicular traffic around commercial motor vehicles. 
And you kind of brought this up that obviously we're not anti-trucking. We that's a vital industry for our country, and we we know it has to happen. But but what you guys are doing is a vital part of that too, making sure that it's being done safely. Absolutely. So we we absolutely one hundred percent agree with trucking commerce. We know it's absolutely vital because we all live in Oklahoma too, and we like to get groceries. So. So we know it's important, it's vital, um, we support it, um, we're in partnership with it, but we also understand that it's gotta be done safely. And, and they're an unusually big vehicle, they're unusually heavy. So when they're involved in a crash, it's usually, usually catastrophic. It's not like two cars getting together, although that can be catastrophic too, but, but more often than not, when a semi truck is involved in a crash, it's especially bad. Yeah. And, and, and Trooper Foster, you know that obviously working crashes on the road. You, you've seen it firsthand. And we see it. Yeah, we see it all the time, especially kind of in these metro areas where where traffic starts to get confined together. Uh, and yeah, we, we do see it quite often. And, you know, we're, we're thankful for our Troop S units as troopers because they're a unique set of uh of information or a unique set of knowledge regarding some of these vehicles that goes well beyond, you know, state law into federal law and things like that. And so we utilize Troop S all the time to help us in, you know, in crashes and then vice versa. You know, we help them with motor vehicles a lot of times too. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, we do, we do see those crashes quite often. And you're alluding to the knowledge base. Your troop has to know a lot. A lot. So it's very complex. It's the most complex troop in the highway patrol, for sure. So so the troopers have to go to a special school. Um, it's a North American standard school to become certified to do truck inspections. And then when they finish that school, they have to do so many inspections with a certified inspector to become certified. And then there's continual education on that. Um, Pretty frequently, the federal regulations change, um, so each year they have to be updated. Um, the out-of-service criteria that we follow changes, so we always put the troopers through an out-of-service criteria update. Um, so they have to have a lot of knowledge. And oddly enough, this, the state law stuff is complicated, too, because we operate mostly out of Title 47, Chapter 14, and it's one of the most small chapters in Title 47, but it contains a lot of information and a lot of confusing information. So, um, and it's things on how much trucks can weigh, um, special permits that they have to have for being oversized, um, the types of registrations that they have to have. So there's a lot of information. Um, there, there's a lot of duty upon their part to do a lot of homework on their own to learn this stuff because they, although they go through the training and become certified, but it's a continual education on their part to study this stuff and mm -hmm. stay frequent with it because they may run across something and then it may be two or three years before they see that exact situation again. Right. So the, the Troop S Troopers, like they have everything in their vehicle with them to do these inspections. Yes, that is correct. So so each trooper carries tools to do this and they also carry weight scales so they can portably weigh, weigh trucks. Um, so that's a normal part of their job. And, and it's very unique in the fact that, that these guys, these troopers, they have to do federal inspections, but also they enforce state laws. So, so some of that incorporates together. But, but a good example of that is um, overweight violations, which is a state law. There's no federal regulation on that. But most of the time, the troopers will be doing a federal motor carrier safety inspection and address the weight issue all in one. So when we were up in Tulsa and we kind of had this 
uh, truck pulled over um, actually right where you got on the turnpike there. Um, and there were some people commenting, well, oh, that's, that's so dangerous, you know, you know, doing it on the side of the road. And you see you guys always try to to get it, get it to a safe place with, but not taking the truck so far off its route that it can't get right back on the road. Right. So, so it's very common that the trooper will pull the truck over and direct them to a safer place to do the inspection. But we have to take into consideration that most, most of the time these trucks have trailers and loads. Um, they, they may be in a residential area, so we don't want to pull them up into a residential street and it cause damage to that roadways up in that area. And then also there's the concern about getting them back on their path of travel once we finish the inspection and they can't just turn on a dime. So if a good example, like if we pull them up into a res- residential area with a cul-de-sac, you know, we're, go- we're basically going to have them jackknifed up in that area where they can't get back on their route. Right. So there's three levels of inspections? Yes. So we do level, actually there's a level one, two, and three, and then there's a level four and a level five. But most most of the times our, our guys are doing level ones and twos and threes. So to explain kind of the, the difference, it's basically in how thorough or the inspection is. Yes. So so a level one is going to be the complete inspection. We're, we're checking everything. We're going to check the all the driver's paperwork and credentials, and that includes his logbook, and that could be paper or electronic. Um, we also check the vehicle, we check the brakes, the suspension, the steering components, check the load. So we're doing the full full gamut on a level one. So the, the level two is going to be a w- walk around. We're still checking all the driver stuff, but we're walking around. So we're not going to go under the vehicle and check the suspension, check the brakes, check the steering. That's not typically a part of a level two inspection. And then a level three is just the driver and his credentials only. So we're not really looking at the vehicle. And then although pretty rare, we do fours and fives and a four is gonna be a farm tag vehicle that's operating in Oklahoma. So that would be what would be a level four. And then a level five is gonna be a terminal inspection. And the only time that we do those is we do have troopers go to motor carriers to conduct safety programs. And as a part of that program, they will inspect a truck so that the drivers and the motor carrier can see what all we do on the inspection and but there's no driver there and that so that would be considered a level five got it and it's just it's, it's pretty random like you said it's random which trucks you pull over it's random what what kind of inspection you do or they might take a look at the truck that they pulled over and kind of determine which level they need to do exactly so so we we don't target carriers at all it we target violations in trucks i mean that's there there's no and and oddly enough uh, we, we do get a lot of calls on targeting certain motor carriers and absolutely not the case. Um, we, we target violations, but the trooper pulls over a truck and and then he's gonna make an assessment as he's approaching the truck or driving up on it. And and then he makes the determination on what level that's gonna be. So, so it can change. Um, you know, if he sees a driver violation, such as the truck was speeding, driver not wearing a seatbelt, driver talking on a cell phone, you know, those, those are gonna be things that are driver violations, which would be a part of a level three. But if that truck pulls over and we're noticing that the brake lights are not working or we notice the wheels being in bad condition, the tires in bad condition or the load not secured properly. So it can escalate to a level two or even a level one based upon the initial stop. The one that we were on last week in Tulsa. So that was a, a truck and he had a was it a, a bulldozer? It was up an there? excavator, an excavator up there. So obviously a very large piece of equipment. So on something like that, like you're looking at 
how that's bolted down and making sure it's secured properly. Absolutely. So, so the federal motor carrier safety regulations they spe- are specific on certain things, and large machinery is one of them, and it and it has the exact criteria on how that must be secured to the vehicle. So we make sure that it's in compliance with that, and 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 it's also good to be noted that that all of those regulations are geared towards safety. You know that something has happened in the past to cause that to be a regulation that an excavator's fell off of a truck while in transport. So and obviously in a high traffic area where the speed is high, if an excavator falls off of a trailer, we got a big problem, mm-hmm. and it could be a very dangerous problem. Right now that that truck so. So I guess once you do the inspection, depending on what you find, um, you could just let them go on their way if everything's great, or you could they could accrue fines for their company. Is that how that yes, works? Yes, that is true. So so if we, we pull a truck over and conduct an inspection, um, we, we still generate a report if there's no violations. So that report will go back to the company and then they can follow it away for their safety records. But if we find violations, then the motor carrier is responsible to make sure that those violations get corrected and that report is returned back within 15 days. If we discover an out-of-service violation, then that violation must be immediately corrected because that violation falls into the out-of-service criteria, which is a criteria of a violation that is so unsafe that that vehicle can no longer continue to travel. So it's something that's a, of extreme danger to the driver and other motoring public. So, so those must be fixed, but as a part of that inspection process, the motor carrier will be assessed a civil penalty. It's, it's not a ticket, it's not a state ticket, but it's a civil penalty assessed to the motor carrier for that violation. Now, there are some instances where the driver may assume that penalty, and that would be such as drugs or alcohol, because those are prohibited items to be in a commercial motor vehicle, unless that's a part of the laden load. Right. Um, but that would be a deal where the uh, a situation where the motor carrier would not have any knowledge that the driver was in violation of the federal regulations. It's something that the driver had done, uh, taken upon himself to do to transport illegal products. So that in that situation, the driver would incur that fine. So when you talk about an out-of-service violation, like that literally means that truck driver cannot drive off. They either have to, like you said, get get somebody out there to fix that violation right there on the side of the road or have it towed somewhere to have it fixed. Correct. Correct. So so we usually give the, the driver and the motor carrier the choice of that. If we're at a safe location, they can send a service truck out and make that repair there on the side of the road. Um, in some instances, we'll escort them a little ways down the road to get them away from the traffic a little bit more safely so that they can make that repair. And in some instances, when those options aren't available, then they just send a wrecker out and they can tow it in. That did happen on that truck that we were yeah, at it in did. Tulsa. Yeah, um, Trooper Shropshire conducted a level one inspection, um, found several violations and ended up finding one out of service violation. So they had to yeah. fix, fix the violation. Was that one, was that a brake violation? It, it was brake violations, yes. Okay, so it might not possibly be breaking how it's supposed to. Right, yes, exactly. So so the, the way the regulations are set up on the, on the brakes is is that if, if if you don't have proper braking, then you're not gonna be able to properly slow down and stop. So, so it's a critical violation that must absolutely be corrected. And we could not let that vehicle go when it falls into the out-of-service criteria. And we get that a lot from truck drivers that we, we discover the out-of-service violation and they say, well, I've only got 40 more miles to go why can't you just let me go? Well, it's it's a matter of public safety that we can't do that. We got to fix it before they go. So let's switch gears just a little bit. And I know um, there are 
you know, there are a lot of troopers out there that don't have the unique set of knowledge that you guys do, obviously. And then there's there's lots of things I don't know about trucks that I am dependent. Uh, you know, I call a troop S trooper like, hey, I, is this a violation? What am I looking at? Um, and then also, I know that there's a lot of motor vehicle, you know, operators, just regular people driving down the road who don't understand that commercial motor vehicle as well. So with your unique sense of your unique knowledge about the subject, help them kind of understand, you know, kind of in defense of truck drivers as well. Like these trucks are big. They're heavy. These cars will cut in and out of these trucks and uh, they have blind spots, things like that, that people don't understand. You know, can we talk about maybe uh, to the to the regular car driver uh, something maybe that they don't understand about those. Yes, absolutely. And and like I said, we do have special project shifts focusing on cars that are violating laws close to semis. And the reason for that is is that they do have a large blind spot because they're long, unusually long. Um, they also have an unusually large amount of tire problems. So you see tires up and down the highways. And if one of those tires blows out while you're beside it. Um, oh, yeah. It could affect your operation of your car. And then also the fact that they are so big and heavy, they can't stop very fast. So so it's not a good practice to make a sudden lane change and then immediately start braking in front of a semi-truck. Right. Because... Like, talk about the weights, too. I mean, like, you know, 85,000 pounds and up, and you know, in special permits, up higher than that, um, that people don't think about how much they weigh and how fast they're going. And I know the braking systems are really good on trucks nowadays, but still, I mean, that's a lot of weight to get stopped right now. It is. It, it <laughs> certainly is. So so they, the motoring public needs to take that in consideration all the time. That that takes them a long time to stop, and, and a truck can weigh 85,500 pounds off the interstate system. Right in Oklahoma. So that's that's a lot of weight. And but but also on the truck part part of it too, it's always good to know that they're in proper working order so that because they can't control the other car for sure. And if a car makes an unsafe lane change in front of their own end of their path of travel, then they need an efficient braking system to be able to slow the truck down and stop the thing before they're involved in a crash. Yes, definitely. We all need to be able to share the road, right? Yeah, absolutely. Watch out for each absolutely. other. It's not truck drivers right. versus regular drivers. Absolutely it's not. We all depend on truck the trucking industry because the groceries that we get, the agriculture products, you know, everything, nearly everything in our daily well, lives. Well, Oklahoma's a big oil field industry too. We have a lot of, you know, growing up. My dad was in the oil field growing up, and just I, I grew up around trucks all the time. You know, uh, for that industry, I know. And then when I worked in rural Oklahoma. You know, down in McLean County, those oil field trucks are moving all the time. So it's a big industry and something that we have to try to, you know, make sure everything is safe. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and the oil field industry definitely affects safety. And, and we've noticed that when the oil field is hot and heavy, so to speak, that commercial motor vehicles and other motor vehicle crashes always rise mm -hmm. because there's just a lot more traffic on the road. They're stopping and turning off the road. They're coming back on the highways and... And in today's day and time, when people are not paying attention, you know, with a lot of distractions, cell phones, et cetera, then it can be especially bad. Right. 
Eric, you mentioned um, like relying on troop S troopers and crashes. You know, if, if if a crash involves a commercial motor vehicle, Lieutenant, do you guys always show up to those or try to show up to those to see if there were any violations that played a role in the crash? Well, not always, but but in some situations, we are mandated by federal law to do that. So so there is a thing called a post crash inspection. So if anyone is hurt out of a crash, uh, dies out of a crash involving a commercial motor vehicle or any vehicle has to be towed as a result of the crash involving a commercial motor vehicle, then a Troop S trooper must, by federal law, conduct a post-crash inspection. So we go in and, and just basically, and it would be a level two or a level one inspection, depending. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll go in and check and see if any of those violations contributed to the cause of the crash. But but it's like any other roadside inspection that we do. We're, we're generating a report, and we'll note the violations that we discover. Um, so... What are the responses usually? So the, the truck driver in Tulsa last week, he was he was very pleasant. He understood, you know, exactly what you guys were doing. I'm sure you don't always encounter a pleasant attitude, though, on the side of the road. Well, it, it's hit and miss, but, yeah. but but surprisingly enough, no, the the attitudes are not that bad. Um, they know who we are. They know what we do. Um, you know, we're a part of their life, and they're a part of our life. So. So when they see the black highway patrol SUV and the trooper getting out in a brown class B uniform, they know that he's associated with commercial motor vehicle enforcement and they call us the DOT officer. So they know the DOT officers <laughs> after all. So, so they, they understand what we got to do. So now it's like anything else. There are, are, are bad apples among us, um, but by and large, it, it's a different clientele that we deal with because they're, they're working for a living. They understand that this is a part of the process that we've got to check on to make sure they're safe. And consequently, um, surprisingly enough, more often than not, truck drivers will stop and say, hey, will you inspect this truck? Oh. Um, we, we're seeing violations. Uh, there's problems. I tell my boss about it. And he refuses to fix it. Hmm. He says, go on your way. So I want you to leave my name out of this and not tell him that I stopped to have you do this. But but. My safety's in jeopardy, so I want you to inspect the truck. And there's a right. cracked—I mean, that cracked axle, yeah. um, bad tires. You know, so that happens pretty often. And that's a good point. It's yeah. it's their lives that we're talking about too. Now, obviously, they're in a much larger vehicle, you know, than some of the other cars on the road. But it's it that's potential for them to be harmed also. Absolutely, and and we get a lot of calls into Troop S from drivers, various companies. It it happens almost weekly that they call and. Tell us that they're driving for a company. The driver, the company refuses to comply with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Regulations, and they want us to know where they're at, um, who the company is, and the routes that they travel so that we can stop them and inspect them and get them into compliance. Well, that's good. And Sarah, you know, like Lieutenant was saying, we, we, we see that all the time while we're enforcing the law. The majority of the citizens of the state of Oklahoma they respect the Oklahoma Highway Patrol, and they're very uh, pleasant to deal with. You know, they they respect our, our professionalism and how, you know, we have no problem explaining the violations that we're seeing and things like that. We have nothing to hide, and, and people really treat us really well. You know, I like to get that out as much as possible. Now, people, you know, they talk about, oh, it's, it's just a bad time to be law enforcement. But in Oklahoma, uh, you know, people really care and treat us well, and so— uh, I always use as much time as I can to put yeah. that out there. Yeah, that's great. 
So you talked a little bit about the Class B uniforms that you guys wear. So you're in a little bit of a different uniform. You're in a different uniform today than Trooper Foster is. He's wearing the Class A. And it's because, I mean, I mean you guys are crawling underneath these semis. It's it's dirty work that you guys are doing. Absolutely. So, so yeah, we get oil, grease, dirt, mud every, every day. You know, the, if they're underneath a vehicle and— you know, lately it's been raining, so, you know, the undercarriage of the vehicles are very dirty, have a lot of road grime and mud from their op- normal operations. So that's why we wear this uniform. It's able to be washed um, because the Class A uniform is made out of wool. It's a very expensive uniform, and it would cost the state a lot of money to tear those up. So <laughs> so we wear the Class Bs so we can wash them, but, um, but it's just a part of what we do, you know, and we, we get dirty doing this. Yeah. So it also you made a reference to um, a lot of people think that you guys are DOT officers or, or, or they'll say, well, I thought I thought DOT officers did this. Why, why is Highway Patrol doing this? It's a common right. misconception. Absolutely. So everybody that does this in Oklahoma is an Oklahoma state trooper. Um, we're in just a separate division of Oklahoma Highway Patrol uh, that does commercial motor vehicle enforcement. Now, we have a great partnership with ODOT and we weigh trucks and we try to per- protect and preserve the roadways and bridges in the state. That's a big part of what we do. So we're in great partnership with them, but we're, we're, we don't work for DOT. We're the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. Got it. Except your captain, Brian Orr, he prefers to be called a DOT officer, right? Well, it depends. (laughs) (laughs) You can get by with that, but maybe not Eric and I. Well, he's a really big guy, too, so you don't want to call him by the wrong name, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, Lieutenant, how long have you been in Troop S? Okay, I've been in Troop S. I started in 2009. I came into Troop S under Captain Metcalf and, and... so when I started, you know, Captain Metcalf brought me in the very first day and told me my life was about to change. And I, and I had no idea what he was talking about. He said, you will no longer be Trooper Lay. He said, you're going to be DOT Officer Lay <laughs> and Mr. Lay. And he says um, the, the trucking industry is going to try their very best to find out when you work and when you don't. He said, your, your life will completely change. He said, you won't be looked upon as a trooper anymore. And I had no clue what he was talking about, but three years into it, I fully understood. It's, it's just su- such a different thing that we do. Mm-hmm. And we are such a part of the trucking industry and such a part of their lives. And I have actually been places and had motor carriers say, hey, there's Preston Lay. There's the DOT guy. Can I get my picture with you? <laughs> so, you know, it's crazy. But, you know, it, but, but we, you know, like I said at the beginning, we we do everything that any other trooper does. You know, our guys still work crashes. They still stop speeders. They, they do all they still arrest DUIs. They, they do all of those things. But their primary focus is trucks. And if you take if you take it into consideration that the motoring public is big in Oklahoma, but then you narrow it down that this, the commercial motor vehicle is smaller. And then we go out every day and our primary duty is to stop and inspect those trucks. We, we build a relationship with them. Some of the drivers see us multiple times throughout the course of our career. So we get on a first name basis with those truck drivers. What what had you done in the patrol leading up to it, and why did you want to get into the commercial motor vehicle side of it? Okay, so I'm I'm mechanically inclined anyway. So I I started off in Troop K and worked there for for nine ten years, I guess it was. And and during that time, a size and weight trooper there named Roy Courtright was, and he's a legendary guy. You know, Roy had been doing this since the Mixap program and size and weight started in the Highway Patrol back in the 
early 80s. So Roy had done it for a very long time and worked around Roy a lot and seen the things that he did and seen the enthusiasm and the enjoyment that he had of his job every day and uh, the, the flexibility and the freedoms that he had to go do his job. He wasn't bound to just a county to do that. He could travel around and through the encouragement of Roy, I decided I wanted to do that. So I went to the schools and got my certifications. And then in 2009, I went into Troop S and and then in 2014, I promoted in Troop S and became a supervisor. And and then outside of a little stint back in the field up at Troop K as a supervisor, my time has been in Troop S. Very cool. Can you talk to us a little bit about the history of, of Troop S and kind of how that came to be? Sure. So so actually, the it's by, by statute that we have Troop S. It's in state statute that we have to have a detachment to do size and weight enforcement. Now, it's a little unusual in what we do because we do the state size and weight enforcement and then the federal motor carrier regulations is a federal laws. So our guys are certified to do state and, th and that's a question that comes up a lot. But so we do state and federal. So we are able to to enforce federal law as a state trooper because of that certification. So, so the history was in the Oklahoma Highway Patrol had the size and weight <laughs> units. And then in the late 1980s, um, they, they incurred the MixApp grant motor carrier safety grant. So so that's a partnership with FMCSA, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, so that they supplement some funding to the Oklahoma Highway Patrol for the work that's done for commercial motor vehicle safety. And a, and a part of that MixAP grant is a commercial vehicle safety plan. So that's what Oklahoma says that we are gonna do to fulfill our requirements to receive the funds to assist with motor commercial motor vehicle safety. So, and, that, and that's things like how many inspections would be done in the year. So, so oddly enough, you know, at times when the rest of the highway patrol has not had a lot of accountability, Troop S has always had that accountability. We, we have always required the troopers in Troop S to do so many inspections per year. And, and it's not a quota by any means, but it's just a measure because we are receiving federal funds from a grant for commercial motor vehicle safety and they want something in return. So we are saying that we will go do this to, to get this. So, right. but it's a win-win deal, you know, that makes the road safer, makes the truck safer. So, so we gladly participate in it. You guys do some education stuff as well, don't you? Will you go to, do you go to trucking companies and do educational things do. for them? We do. A, a part of our commercial vehicle safety plan is we have to conduct a certain number of safety programs throughout the year so and, and we always do more than is required and and we get a lot of calls from co companies and they want to know the regulations and they want to know what we do when we inspect trucks so they call us and request a trooper and we always accommodate that we'll send one or two troopers there and it's a very timely thing they they you know it, it, they'll be there for hours going over the regulations and and then a lot of times it'll be specific to what their industry is. If they haul gravel, they're going to want to know about how much they can weigh and that kind of thing. But if they transport products, they're going to want to know how that can, has to be tied down. Uh, lot, always a lot of questions on driver requirements. But yes, we do. We do a lots of safety programs every year. So this program is, is called Train Like a Trooper. Our podcast is called Train Like a Trooper. And we typically ask, you know, troopers that come in here, you know, how do, how do you train? How, how do you keep yourself sharp and, and, and on top of your game for your job? Well, a lot, actually. You know, you know I try to stay in shape, try to eat healthy, um, exercise, um, so that way I'm able to perform at an optimum level for my age. Um, 
and and then also you know it's a continual study and thing you know you gotta you gotta learn the regulations and continue to look at them um, when we pull a truck over we need to know what they need to do and they need to hear what they need to do so we got to give them accurate information so it's a it's one of those things that you got to stay on top of your game and and you know in our our division it's especially tough because there's a lot of officer safety issues with what we do because it's not a car you know it's it, it's you handle that traffic stop one way when it's a car but you're doing it a completely different way when it's a semi truck um, so you have to adjust the way you've been taught and trained over the years to accommodate the new situation with the truck. Um, but all the same hazards still exist. You know, that there's bad guys that drive trucks. And even though we primarily focus on truck enforcement, we still stop cars. So, so it's imperative that our, our guys, me included, stay in shape, um, take pride in what we do, educate ourselves, and especially in today's climate, it's it's imperative now more than ever to to know all the parameters of the law, know where we stand, what we can do, and when we can do it. Very good. Well, we appreciate what you guys do and and keeping our roadways safe. And thanks for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. Glad to do it. <laughs>